Peace and greetings to you all. I'm Dominique. Welcome to Gender F Word. Today, I want to get into it about rolling pronouns, specifically the neo pronouns she, they, and he, they for today's main topics discussion. For reality chat, where I talk about serious world topics, I want to talk about the Iranian protests and give you all some backstory on what is happening over there. And for this week's honesty chat, where I roast celebrities and give my take on pop culture, I want to talk about Kanye West versus Lizzo and the media calling out Kanye's anti-Semitic comments. So I made this little segment just to vent about my own life and how I'm feeling at the moment because quite frankly, it's been a rough few months and I'm just getting to a point where I feel like things are getting back on track for me. It's really giving soft girl realness this week with a dash of seasonal depression. I've personally been just like adjusting to life outside of school since coming home last month, reading, journaling, and taking it very slow. To be real with all of you, I'm taking a much needed break and it's really given me the time to refocus and, re- and figure out what I want to do moving forward. Break by meaning I'm taking a break from school. Honestly, the mental health was really down bad being at school and I'm glad to be able to like have a place and to come back and like recalibrate. It hurts to leave right as I was starting senior year, but like I would have definitely failed out if I would have stayed any longer. Between Zoom classes, my sophomore year being obliterated due to COVID, and me changing my major, I really just needed to get off the roller coaster for like a minute. I'm only 21, and it literally feels like I'm 31 because the stupid pressure we put on ourselves to have everything together by age 22. And getting into a routine was like tough because where I live currently is like much slower than the city. I was in that I was in for college, and it's given me time to do more introspective work on myself. I'm not sure if I'm going to go back next semester because I'm very exhausted. So I'm taking it day by day. Only one can say a burnt out from years from overachieving academically has made me resentful. All I know is that I'm still moving forward regardless. From observation, I've noticed within like I would say the past last two years or so, I've been seeing mixed pronouns or rolling pronouns become more um, popular in their usage among the trans community, mostly among younger trans folks around my age. I'm 21. Um, More commonly among non-binary and gender fluid individuals though too. Um, Rolling pronouns refer to the use of multiple pronouns that can be used alternatively or shift over time. Typically, people who prefer using multiple sets of pronouns also encourage others to rotate through all of them or mix them around when speaking or referring to them. According to the the 2020 gender census, roughly a third of transgender and non-binary people prefer to use two sets of pronouns. Over 10% stated that they were happy with even three or more sets. If you've probably been on TikTok, Twitter, or Instagram, you've probably become come across the pronouns she, they, he, they, or some variation of that at least once. As a binary trans woman who used to identify as non-binary, the subject of pronouns have always interested me because through my personal journey, I felt I've used an array of pronouns that at the time absolutely felt right through figuring out my own relationship to gender, masculinity, and femininity. I've concluded that women and she, they, are the pronouns that that were indeed and are indeed that fit who I am in this Western gender system. I want to also point out that I truly believe that as a trans person of color living in this white supremacist capitalist patriarchy, we don't we didn't for a long time have the language to describe who I am or any trans person, quite frankly. This is why it may seem like new pronouns or gender identity identities are propping up out of nowhere, but that can't be further from the truth. We've always been here. 
from my own personal belief, I say that my alignment with womanhood is a political and social choice. This is separate from my actual transness, which I feel is more spiritual. I feel like she, they encapsulates this perfectly. A man or a woman is merely the product of social conditioning by society. There is That really isn't a bad thing per se. You take a young boy and raise him as a woman with no outside influence that that male child will ultimately identify with the woman experience. Same is true vice versa. We don't really know any societies without social conditioning in regards to gender, so we really don't know what a society of genderless people would look like. However, we know of some societies where there are there were expansive genders and the reversal of gender roles. However, I feel like most of that has been lost due to col- um, colonialization and the spread of Abrahamic religions like Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. With the spread of these religions came the erasure of many societies that often incur- incorporated people who did not fit within the rigid confines of man or woman. Honestly, the, the thing that is so frustrating about being trans is that people think that I'm trying to psych myself into being a woman, that my womanhood is merely a fixation of denying my biology by any means necessary. Again, this can't be further from the truth. I'm well aware of the stark differences in the way men and women are socialized, so obviously this makes gender very real in the lives of everyone. I've never been in the abolished gender camp mainly because I find gender a beautiful form of human expression, which is separate from pure biology. Me spending my childhood and early adolescence as male-identified definitely shaped the way I moved through the world. I'm not co-opting a, a struggle of, cis, of, of the cis woman. I'm merely trying to connect the dots and try to draw parallels between our similar experiences being feminine people on this planet. There are numerous cultures around the world that have the language and societal spaces for trans folks to exist. But like I mentioned, through colonization, a lot of that was lost to history, leaving us where we are now. The misconception is that trans, specifically non-binary trans people, didn't exist prior to the, a certain point. I've, not, I've noticed bin, non-binary and gender fluid people are written off as like angsty teens or narcissistic adults who just want to be different because they lack actual depth as a person and neo-pronouns are their way of forcing some lifestyle onto innocent straight cis people and corrupting their children. Obviously, I get this from a lot of the rhetoric I see on the media. What they don't realize is that, like so many other oppressed groups, trans people and their contributions have been erased from the world systematically through all cultures. Uh, there have always been trans people and non-binary folks. We just didn't know about them, and the limiting confines of gender, a binary gender, made it impossible to even conceive of gender outside of man or woman until very recently. Judeo-Christian teaching took that idea when Western society um, colonialized the global South, forcefully co-opting the natives into their rigid confines of gender expression. The Mahu and Native Native Hawaiian culture, sorry, and um, Tahitian culture are third gender people with traditional spiritual and social roles within the culture, similar to the Togon um, Fakaleteti of Samoan. I don't really know how to pronounce it, uh, Fa'afin, I probably just butchered that whole thing, but um, yeah, I'll probably post something um, related to them in the future. But um, like I was saying, the Zulu of South Africa also initiated transgender shamans, calling them Insagoma. 
Transgender women were diviners in the Ambotrot of southern Angola with the Kalunga, the supreme spirit. There's actually an anthropologist, Brian McDermott, who lived among the Nora people of Ethiopia. He observed the tribe's um, acceptance of transgender women in the village. And I'll read a, actually a direct quote from him right now. He encountered an individual among the Nora people of Ethiopia who only appeared in feminine dress and acted as female, but was actually regarded as become a woman. No physical change of sex have transpired, yet this person was free to occupy a feminine identity and role even to the extent that marriage to a man was permissible. Okay, so now off the brief history lesson, but I wanted to emphasize that Western colonization of the planet has removed these people from the history records until recently. I can go on and on about the other third gender peoples of the world, but that's an episode in and of itself. Let me know if you would like that. Now fast forward to 2022, and we are in a place where Western society is forced to recognize gender outside the binary. When people complain of made-up gender identities or pronouns, people fail to realize this is only the case because we, for so long, have lacked the language or the space to accommodate such people until about 50 or so years ago. This makes the subject of trans identity seem recent, but it is not. We are just reclaiming lost language, a lost history. Now I want to talk about my struggle with pronouns and how I've used them to identify myself in the world. I've mentioned before that there there was a period about a year or so before my medical transition I identified as non-binary and used a vague all pronouns. Personally, I feel like this gave me the space to express myself and find out what form of expression I was most comfortable in. I will go out male presenting one day, then female the next. I'll never forget when I completely stopped dressing and presenting masculine. It felt like a weight lifted off my shoulders. This is how I knew that for a fact, I was not gender fluid in the way that I thought. See, the masculine side was honestly so that my family and friends could hold on to something so I didn't appear as this new radical person to them. It was also a middle finger to the, the cishets who think that gender was fixed in some way. I purposely would convey a more androgynous appearance as a statement, but it really wasn't what I was most comfortable in. Also, looking looking back, I can acknowledge that being able to flip back and forth in presentation without people batting an eye made me more confident in my feminine presenting, particularly. I also wanted that normalcy of being able to go back into what society deemed um, acceptable, which was my more masculine presentation at the, the time. But this, if you didn't guess already, this constant switching back and forth wreaked havoc on my mental health. And each time someone would address me by my birth name or use he, him pronouns, it felt like a dagger to my self-esteem. It was about a year or so of me identifying as trans that I actually started going by she, they pronouns. I think that my use of the pronoun they um, was holding on to a a former self or that side of myself that... um, wanted to explore at that awkward early stages of my transition how I presented varied person to person and to avoid the headache of people resulting to he pronouns. They was something that people could kind of comprehend mainly because of what I call the androgyny paradox. My presentation of looking neither male or female made people default to either they pronouns or what they were explicitly asked what my pronouns are. This made me stri- this may actually made me strive to fit an aesthetic of looking non-binary or androgynous, which was disingenuous for me and quite toxic. I found myself not wearing certain things because they would make me look less 
um, gender fluid or non-binary. It wasn't that I truly identified as non-binary. And looking back at it, at it now, I'm like, what even is looking non-binary? I don't have the same relationship to my gender now. I don't have to constantly ponder the do's and don'ts of female presentation because I'm aware that women can look like anything. So can non-binary people. Also, passing or being read as a cis woman by society has allowed that privilege of experimenting with my gender similar to many people who are designated female at birth. I actually feel like society gives them more wiggle room to be who they are um, which is not really granted to people who are born in, so in socialized male. Masculinity is enforced by um, people who designate male at birth. So it's much, it's much, much harder for us to shed that when we, if we transition. People assigned male at birth because of the harsh confines of masculinity and the patriarchy do not have the same space to be introspective about their gender and sexuality, quite frankly. And I also noticed that there are distinctly more she-theys than he-theys. And that's really no coincidence. Male presenting people um, aren't given that same space to explore and figure out who they are. We're getting better as society progresses, but we still have a long time to go before men have that same, um, or people socialized male have that same privilege that a lot of um, people socialized as female do to have um, different phases where they experiment their sexuality and gender. In my early stages of transition and now, I'm actually perceived mostly as a as a woman cis woman presenting and sometimes people would assume me being trans means that i was designated female at birth and i was playing a, a demi lovato of some sort meaning that i went by she they um and also meaning that i was somehow co-opting the trans label in order to just be different or or to reject my womanhood which um this is extremely confusing to me as a binary trans woman but i understand because this is how society sees a lot of AFAB non-binary people who still present femme, and also some AMAB non-binary people. They are seen as lesser or light versions of women and of women and men in a mockery to the trans identity. This is extremely problematic for many reasons. I do come across people who are also in the LGBT community who see me as some appropriator of the trans experience and have been treated negatively because of it. It's mainly because, again, there are times where people see me as just a cis girl who's appropriating the trans label and trying to get into LGBT spaces. This, of course, goes away when I tell them that I am a binary trans woman, but the hate for non-binary people runs deep in the community at large, and I've noticed that. A majority of cis straight people will never really see me as like a true woman when I tell them that I'm trans regardless of my presentation. So there's these conversations rarely apply to them. They see all trans people as the same, whereas we stratify our community into factions and hierarchies, the passing trans folks at the top, the respectable trans person. And as that conformity gets further and further away from the binary, the way you experience marginalization greatly varies. A black femme's experience in this world is nowhere near comparable to a middle-class white trans woman who has passing privilege. These two people are trans, but other factors greatly affect the privileges they actually have access to, hence intersectionality. As my comfortability in expressing femininity and assimilating further and further into binary womanhood, I started to become more comfortable with kind of quote-unquote breaking the rules. And in doing this, I started using she-they permanently. Um, 
the pronoun they gave me space to feel comfortable about my identity when I didn't feel like presenting hyperfem. She, they is a is a, my security blanket again, allowing flexibility in my female presentation. Similar to a lot of people who use rolling pronouns, I still identify as a woman. I just recognize the limitations of the binary and refuse to be sucked back into it. A person who identifies as a non-binary lesbian may want to affirm that in some way, despite identifying as non-binary. They might still feel connected to some parts of their womanhood or femininity, especially their lesbian identity. Thus, they may opt to use she-they pronouns. I'm not lesbian, but it's kind of the same um, logic. For gender-fluid people, multiple pronouns are necessary for affirming their fluctuating gender identity. For example, Jonathan Van Ness of Queer Eye, I believe, um, who uses she-he-they she, pronouns, is quoted saying, The older I get, the more I think that I'm non-binary. I'm gender non-conforming. Like, some days I feel like a man, but then other days I feel like a woman. Other use... Um, others use rolling pronouns as a, an act of resistance and political st in a political statement. For those who believe that gender is not fixed, multiple pronouns is a way of dismantling oppressive gender roles and norms. And I'm noticing that people who use mixed or rolling pronouns um, want to keep some onto something that the outside world would recognize while being able to experiment with their gender presentation. What I'm noticing is that some people who previously identified as cisgender are now doing some more introspective work that most trans people go through when realizing themselves. In doing so, some are realizing how much gender is a scam overall and how oppressive it is if you allow it to be. Gender, like race, is socially constructed and used to put people in boxes so that they are more easily controlled. And this doesn't mean that it isn't real. Gender and race are real because of the systems designed to make it real. Without these systems, race and gender wouldn't mean much in regards to how you're treated in society. It is not rooted solely in biology like so many people still believe. However, I doubt we'd get to a place where, pe where people will separate biology from gender. But seeing she-theys and he-theys actually give me some hope that we, are, we as a society are not seeing gender as some rigid fixed label. If you are trans, non-binary, or binary, and would like to share your experiences with pronouns and how you fit into the trans community, and if you are watching this on YouTube or a place where you can comment, um, comment um, your experiences down below. I would love to see it. Okay, for reality chat, I want to talk about something. Um, I want to talk about the Iranian protest and the recent fire in the Evan prison where it's said to be the prison for housing political and prisoners and anti-government protest activists. If you didn't know, Iran is in the midst of a nationwide anti-government protest because young people refuse to conform to the government that ultimately oppresses them. Women in particular have been protesting against the strict re religious laws placed on them, such as being forced to wear a hijab. Last month, a young woman in police custody died, which sparked even more uproar. Masha Amini, age 22 on the September 16th, has had been arrested for not wearing a hijab correctly and sporting skinny jeans. She was actually murdered while in custody. Since then, women in Iran and across Europe have been protesting by burning their hijabs and cutting off their hair in solidarity. In Iran, there are people being murdered in cold blood by law, law officials, men, women, and children for protesting. And it is said that the fire that was caught, <clears throat> it was said that the fire um, was started by officials in efforts to destroy this movement by killing off anyone who dares to speak up and out. Hundreds of people are being held at Evan, where human rights groups have been reported repeated, ab abuse, repeated abuse of prisoners.
There's really not much we can do in the West except spread the message of what's going on, and that's what I'm doing here. My support goes out to the women in Iran who are fighting for their lives as we speak. Now on to Honesty Chats, where I give my commentary on pop culture and roast your faves for being problematic. This week, I wanted to talk about Kanye West versus Lizzo and his anti-Semitic comments. I really, really, really wish we can go a month without some raging idiot body shaming Lizzo for simply existing. Apparently, Lizzo is the only fat celebrity that ever existed in the mainstream and therefore is the reason why Americans are getting fatter. The massage noir really has people in a chokehold when they're talking about her. Let me give you some context. So Kanye is currently in his in another one of his like Looney Tune tirades. He sat down for an interview, and for some reason, people like to ask this guy about everything except his music nowadays. But I'll play a clip for y'all. Lizzo works with my trainer, a friend of mine, Harley Pasternak. Harley Harley Pasternak. When Lizzo loses. 10 pounds and announces it, the bots, uh, that's a term for uh, people like, it's like telemarketer call, callers, like on Instagram, they attack her for losing weight. I feel like everybody in America got my motherfucking name in their motherfucking nose, in their motherfucking nose. Kanye West has also been going on interviews saying that George Floyd's death was due to fentanyl and also that the Jews are responsible for the destruction of many things. Um, Typical right-wing ideology on extreme. See, my major problem with Kanye isn't necessarily him as a person because I don't know him personally. However, it is him as a public figure turned political figure that ultimately is going to do a lot of damage. Lizzo, of course, came back with a classy clapback and she said... I'm feeling like everybody in America got my name in their mouth. I'm minding my fat, black, beautiful business, which was a classy clapback. This this man has so much influence, and he chooses to spread conspiracy theories like it's a 2010 YouTube channel. He doesn't read, and it's obviously it's obvious why. Uh, men like that never like to be wrong, and their riches keep them insulated from the truth. His comments about weight after being rumored to have had a BBL, whoops, I mean liposuction, um, shows the delusion men like him have about their own health. Uh, He and others who feel they need to comment on this woman's body needs to focus on their own health, especially him, his mental health. Lizzo is a person, a human being, and the dehumanization of this black woman needs to end. She isn't some ploy by the government to make you and your children fat. She isn't some spokesperson for fat women or fat people. This is a person at the end of the day. But I'm actually not surprised about his comments because he's still under that Kardashian spell, if you will. Kim K and her family are in the midst of their skinny reclamation that I'm going to talk about soon. And like a mindless puppet, he probably internalized some toxic beliefs about body image. I feel like we are seeing the unraveling of this man. And I'm so sad that people can't see past his stunts to the broken individual underneath. The White Lives Matter stunt he did with fellow fellow house slave Candace Owens really showed us that this is a billionaire who, at the end of the day, could care less about the people who look like him. It's clear that this point it's it's clear that at this point he is just throwing things at the wall and see what sticks. He and other people like him live off of attention. They'll do anything for it, and that's hella dangerous. He is a fame whore. He's pimping himself out for the highest bidder. What is unfortunate is that people. But like what he's saying is being taken as gospel from from some people. 
I'm so glad we're uh, that there are actually other people, white people coming out and calling him out because I personally don't think that any black person could save this man. It's not worth it anyway. Like the white folks scare him and it's because he's their house slave. He doesn't he doesn't like to upset them. He doesn't care about upsetting black people. Mainly because we're not his target demographic anymore. It was obvious when he said that slavery was a choice that he doesn't care. He, he cares about black folks only when he's trying to make his ex-wife Kim K look like the Wicked Witch of the West. No pun intended. Mr. Kanye doesn't realize the only difference between him, Mike Brown, or George Floyd is his tax bracket. His comments on George Floyd saying that he died of fentanyl is absolutely disgusting. I hope his family comes after him because his comments put the whole trial into question, which does nothing for the whole movement. And he has a major influence, which can do damage. See, we need to wake up and realize that Mr. West, who lived in an inner city Chicago, no longer exists. Just like the Marcy Project, Jay-Z doesn't exist anymore. Capitalism takes away the backstory in pursuit of more gains. These people are merely puppets of the system now. They don't care about the little people. Sadly, money is all that takes for black male celebrities to disconnect. They forget where they came from. I don't see that changing anytime soon. I believe that Twitter deplatformed him and a couple other social media. So things are moving, but like uh, he needs to be deplatformed before someone really gets hurt or he hurts himself. Cancel culture really doesn't work in regards of money, but we can definitely turn a deaf ear to him. We at least have that choice. His anti-Semitic comments have already caused the Jewish community to boycott him. And it's time we all get on the same page. Are we surprised that a man wearing White Lives Matter shirt would be anti-Semitic too? Nope, because the further right you go, the more hateful you become. He has become radicalized by the right wing. It's evil disguised as politic. I won't be surprised if he comes out talking about the gay agenda and starts quoting eugenics professors of the 1930s and mounts, and basically mounts a damn picture of Hitler on his wall. I actually have a theory that he's doing all of this so that he can pull a Donald Trump if he decides to run for president. He's being indoctrinated into the white supremacist culture of America and unfortunately appealing to the ignorant. That's dangerous as hell. We, we know this. What do you guys think, though? Should Kanye be canceled? Can we even cancel a man who is worth close to a billion dollars? Okay, fam, that's all I have today. And as you may can tell, if you were listening since season one, the podcast is going in a slightly different direction. I want the season to be more of a conversation back and forth. I plan on eventually having more people on for interviews and creating an open dialogue where we can talk about the nuanced topics of gender, race, and class, and how they affect all of us. The Instagram for GFW is up and running at Gender F Word. Follow us to stay up to date on episodes and to see thought pieces, artwork, and other written work by and for Black and Brown queer people. We are also on Medium, the um, blocking platform, under the same name if reading blog posts is more of your thing. I plan on doing these episodes once a week, every Thursday. Also, Gender F Word is taking submissions for poetry, thought pieces, essays, short stories, and artwork for the Instagram and the blog to launch the community broadcast. Half of the mission of this community is to apply the voices of black and brown people, but of course, all are welcome to submit, as long as it ties in with some marginalized identity. Submissions can be emailed at gender F Word um, at gmail.com. No spaces. Manifesting greatness for you all. Peace out. Oh, mm-hmm.